25, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Louisiana. Can I please have your attention? It's time for another season of Raging Cajun football. I'm Jay Walker. Join Gerald Broussard, Cody Juno, and me each and every week for the excitement of Louisiana football. It is Zion Hill that'll get credit for the sack. Right here on your home of the Cajuns, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. There's the handoff to Smith, and he's in. Touchdown, Louisiana. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Your home for Louisiana Ragin' Cajun Athletics. The football season opener 11 days away against Southeastern. Fall camp uh, wrapped up, and uh, the Cajuns getting ready for the season. Head coach Michael Desimo joins us now. Good morning, coach. I hope you're staying dry. How are uh, how you doing this morning? Yeah, I, I, hit, I timed it up just right whenever I was getting in, so I got lucky. I, I I didn't. I have I wake up usually around five, and um, we have like a young dog that I have to walk every morning. And if you don't walk the dog, she goes a little insane. And so I tried to time it between a heavy pour and like a drizzle, and uh, yeah, that didn't that didn't work. We were it was it was it was running in the rain, you know. But the rain can force you to sort of adjust, and this is. Maybe not the, the the opening question someone would expect me to ask you, but correct me if I'm wrong. Your your first year or two at UL, you guys didn't have the indoor yet. So, you know, whenever right. it would rain and you would have to adjust, like what would you guys do? Would you just practice out in the rain? How did it work back then? Yeah, we practiced in the rain a little bit. Um, but, you know, whenever it was really bad and there was thunderstorms, we uh, – I want to say my first two years we'd go to uh, – to bourgeois yeah so we would kind of reserve bourgeois and they would kind of open up all the basketball courts and we we would kind of have to do like a walkthrough style practice in there and then uh my sophomore year kind of right before the indoor was built or right before you know the year before we had it uh we would go in the cajun convention center they would kind of open up the uh convention center where we had fan day and we could go in there but the floor is still pretty slick so it was still kind of a a walk-through tempo, um, and then the spring after my sophomore year, before my junior year, is whenever we started construction on the uh, indoor facility, and that was uh, to say that was a game changer um, is an understatement. You know, I kind of feel like that was the the first step um, of many, you know, for our university's uh, facility improvements for athletics. You know, that was kind of the beginning of it, and and man, I mean, that thing has been, you know, it's. It's a huge advantage to have when you never miss a day. I tell you what, I, I was—I won't say who, but uh, I was checking out some of the scrimmage uh, on Saturday, and somebody was like, "Man, you know, it's—it's—I wish they could be at Cajun Field." You know, it's, I'm like, "Look, I don't uh, disagree with you. I'm sure they—I'm sure they would all prefer it not be raining, so they don't have to have it here. But okay. trust me, it's so much better than it used to be because I don't know how you could conduct a scrimmage at Bourgeois. It'd certainly be difficult. So. You know, the the changes in facilities and things that, you know, maybe the younger players take for granted. I know that you're a young head coach when you're, compa- you know, when compared to your peers, but
but you're still around at a time where I think you can appreciate some of the things that maybe some others take for granted because that indoor, man, when it comes to the amount of work you could have actually gotten done last week where it's raining every day, I'm sure it makes a world of difference. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm I'm very grateful for it. You know, like I said, I just, I remember, you know, before you had it, man, it just, it, it makes everything so much more difficult. Like you said, I mean, the scrimmage, what we'd probably tried to do, we'd have probably had to push it up and you'd have to rush to go and try to get out there. And then if it started raining or lightning, you'd have to come back up and you'd have to shut it down and you'd have to decide, well, do we go back out and try to finish or did we get enough? Do, you know, is it better just to call it a day? And, you know, it just, it, you know, the things that, that our community has done here and, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the indoor was before Dr. Maggard and some of this stuff, but, you know, our administration, you know, from back then in 2007, you know, but particularly now, the things that Dr. Maggard and Dr. Savoy that, that they're allowing us to do and the support that they're giving us, it's uh, it's tremendous. And it, it's something that, you know, you, you can't, you, you can't do, you can't do a really good job if you don't have support, you know, from the very top. And, and we do here. And that's, that's something that, you know, it's not lost on me for sure. Coach Michael Desimar, I guess. Well, the question that you were asked the most about from, uh, I guess, the spring until just, I guess, yesterday was starting quarterback. I got to ask you one more time. I know it's been decided. Chandler Fields won the job. Uh, ben Woldrich was was uh, second on the depth chart. You, you spoke a little bit about it already yesterday, Coach, but just to, to rehash briefly, from your point of view, having gone through it as a player, but having to do it for the first time as a college head coach. I'm not sure if you ever had to do it in high school. What's the most difficult part of the process for you? I mean, the most difficult part for me is having to tell a kid, you know, who I really, you know, I really believe in in both of those guys from the beginning, you know. Um, You know, it's hard when you have to tell a kid, look, you know, your best just wasn't quite good enough. And I think we got his best. And I think, you know, out of both of them, I think we got their very best every day and they worked really hard and, they competed the right way. And, you know, that, that's a tough thing to hear. You know, um, if you play football long enough, though, you're going to hear it at some point, you know, and it's, uh, I don't take it, you know, I don't take it lightly. You know, I, we wanted to make sure we did it the right way. Um, you know, on one hand, you're so excited for Chandler. Cause I mean, hell, I know how long he's been here working. Um, the guy's been in a competition since the day he stepped on campus, you know, so, you know, it's got to feel good for him to kind of feel like he's finally emerged from it and uh you know i'm excited for him you know but at the same time you want to kind of go in there and do it the right way with ben and and really kind of the rest of the quarterback crew and kind of just talk them through the way things played out and um you know and and kind of approach it that way so you know that's the hardest part you know i think for us the the thing that you do is every every decision that you make when you're the head coach is is with your team's best interest in mind so for us, no matter what decision it would have came down to, you know, you let things play themselves out and you just sit back and say, you know, it's a simple question. What gives us the best chance to win the most games this year? Period. Who's the best one to lead this team? And, you know, that's just the way that you have to sit back and approach it and look at it. And when you make those decisions, you know, you make them for the right reasons. And, uh, you know, we're excited about moving forward. I think, you know, the team's probably tired of hearing about the questions about who the quarterback is too. So I think they're ready to move on as well. <laughs> no, I, 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 I certainly understand that. Um, and I know for those guys, it's, I guess, as you know, coach nature, of the position, it's always kind of floating out there, but for you guys as a team, it's something that you said early on, look, 
when we break camp, I want this, I want this to be done. We're going to make the announcement. I'm going to make the decision. It's going to be my decision. And then we're going to, we're going to move on. You know, the players deserve to know the team deserves to know. My final question is simply about that subject matter is how, in the end, how close was it? Um, you know, it was, like I said, I mean, it was close all the way through, you know, uh, basically what it kind of comes down to is, you know, you're, you're looking at who has had the most good days, right. Consistently because they had been neck and neck for a while. Um, you know, and then, you know, I kind of spoke a little bit to the, the nature of both of them and how they, how they both kind of play the game a little bit. And, you know, I think Chandler pushed the ball down the field more frequently, you know, and certainly not that, that Ben didn't or couldn't, but Chandler pushed the ball down the field more frequently and, and made more plays down the field. And, now, that's the quarterback's job is to, uh, you know, his job is certainly to manage the game, to operate the team and to run the, run the team, run the system. But there's definitely a lot to the quarterback that sparks his team. And I think, you know, um, just saw Chandler do that more in the fall camp, you know, with the throws down the field and things like that. But, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a quarterback race all the way through, you know, and, uh, you know, I think they both competed really well. But as camp went on, um, you know, you started to see that Chandler was just making more plays and he was being, you know, more consistent down the field. And, you know, whenever, whenever there are a lot of things that they're doing well, you got to find what separates. And that was one of the things that separated for sure. Coach Michael Desmar, guest ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. The, the position battles at other spots, they're not drawing as much attention perhaps from the fan base or the media. Are there any other position battles in your mind that are still up for grabs or do you, do you approach it the same way you approach the quarterback where, okay, now that we've broken fall camp, I just, I want to have things settled. Obviously things are always subject to change. I get that, but sure. you probably don't want a position battle, you know, I guess going all the way into the day of the game, or maybe you do. I, I don't know. I guess that's why I'm asking. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I just think quarterback is the one that's different, you know, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it, you, you can't you can't keep repping two guys all the time at quarterback. You know, you can't split the ones reps with them all the time. You you have to start to make decisions and how you're going to split it up. Um, so you know, to me, that's the one that had to be decided. But you know, I mean, at, at place kicker, I mean, you know, certainly that that race has tightened up and has gotten to where it's really close. You know, those three guys have competed very well. Um, we're going to let that kind of keep playing out. You know, I mean. Stafford has done a really good job coming in here, you know, and I think Klotz and, and Kenny, you know, they've been competing their tails off too. So you got three guys that are competing for that spot, you know, at running back, I think it might be a week to week thing. Like, Hey, who's going to be the number two going into this week? Uh, Cause at times they've all flashed, you know, I, I think Kabote has, has probably been, Kabote's probably been the most, uh, the flashiest player, you know, for us at running back. Um, but Terrence had been really, really solid. You know, obviously had a fumble in the scrimmage, which, you know, is disappointing. And, and, and those are things that obviously, you know, you're correct in the technical um, points of, of handling the ball, you know, and going to get it fixed. But he'd been solid the entire uh, fall camp, had done a really good job. And, um, you know, Draylon, like I said, kind of about midway through it, he was starting to come on and he had a really good day. So I think that might be a, end up being a week-to-week deal. Like, hey, who's had the best week of preparation and practice and they'll go out there first. But I mean, those guys, they're, you know, that position battles is, is always a tight one. Um, you know, at receiver, I think for us, 
at receiver, we kind of just consider all those guys starters, you know, which I know is kind of is strange a little bit maybe. But, uh, you know, Coach Leje has done such a good job with those guys. And it's kind of like, hey, look, man, you know, you played the best. You, you prepared the best. You'll go run out there first. But it doesn't necessarily affect, you know, the order and the flow of it. So those guys, you know, I mean, they, they handle that pretty well. And, you know, and then defensively, they really haven't been a whole lot of battles for starting positions on defense so that's which is certainly a good thing you know a lot we've got a lot of good players back in those areas so just uh you know i mean we'll let those ride as long as they need to um but i think for us it's you know picking a quarterback and having that settled that that was the priority for sure you just i just didn't feel like for our team it was good to drag that out any longer you mentioned on the defensive side of things a lot of the positions being settled in terms of how the depth chart may lay out I wanted to ask you about a senior um uh, Jaquan, uh, Jaquan Nelson. I know I saw he, you know, he got a little nicked up on Saturday. I just watching from afar at the scrimmage. How, how is he doing? And, um, you know, overall, you having been through lots of fall camps, I guess the follow up question to that is were you, all things considered, okay with, with how, how camp went from a health standpoint? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, I've been in fall camps, you know, I remember. <laughs> So actually, I wasn't even coaching here yet. I, I don't know if you remember at all. It was the fall of 2015, and I remember Coach Hud was still here. And in one day, they had three receivers go out for the year in one day, in one practice. Um, and you're like, whoa, like how does that happen? Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, it can always be worse. You know, we've had a couple soft tissue injury guys, you know, it's always, it, it's always. I don't want to say frustrating. That's not really the right word to use. You you want to have all the pieces ready to go, right? Like you want to be a. It's like a kid, and you've got all these toys, and like you're so excited to go out there and go play with them, and you know, you forgot to get batteries for one of them, you know, and so you're just sitting there looking at it. Uh, but you know, I mean that 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 becomes frustrating sometimes because you want everybody ready to go, but the reality of it is is that, um, the kid's health is first, and when they have to. When, when, they, when they need to be out and they need to be in rehab and they need to recover, then you do what's right. And, you know, I mean, this is a long, this, this thing's not a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon and you got to get them back and you try to keep them engaged. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was pleased with it. Uh, Jaquan's going to be fine. You know, he's a uh, kind of day to day right now. Um, I think his ankle got rolled up a little bit. So, you know, he's rehabbing really hard and, and we'll get him back, which we need him back. Cause he's, he's had a, a really, really good fall camp. And, uh, you know, he's a guy I'm proud of, you know, I mean, he's one of those ones that wasn't a household name, but, you know, we knew he was ready and, and he's done a fantastic job of getting himself in position to go out there and, and contribute and matter this year. Zion Hill green, one of the better, more standout players on the team. Anyone that, that follows the Cajuns know who he is. Many people that don't know who he is. He's that kind of player. And you've said throughout camp, we got to limit his reps this year in the past He's been overworked. Do you do you have a ballpark range in mind, Coach, or is it kind of just is it a give or take with him? I know for some players, they're always going to tell you, "Hey, I'm good to go. I want to play." But is there a pitch count, so to speak, for Zion this season? Maybe not a definitive number, but kind of a, a ballpark range where you're like, "And yeah, we probably should keep it like this on game day." Yeah, I mean, just kind of, you know, off the top, just kind of like, you know, saying, hey, everything goes good. You know, 30 plays it, to me would be, you know, 30 to 40 plays would be where you see him, you know, optimally being able to play. But, you know, I mean, that can change week to week. You know, I mean, he's coming off of a 
a surgery in the spring that, you know, I mean, he's had multiple, you know, he's had multiple seasons where he's played through things and at the end of the year got it fixed. You know, I mean, he's a tough-nosed kid. Um, so, yeah, in the game, he's going to tell me he's good to go. But, you know, it's our job sometimes to kind of put the governor on him a little bit um, if we're trying to get him to make it through the long haul, which certainly for his health, we want to do that. And secondly, for our team to have him for, you know, hopefully 14 games, right? Um, you, you, we need to do a good job and manage it early. And we've got other good players that they need to play and grow up to. And Zion, you know, he knows the plan. He understands that. Um, you know, so it's something that, you know, I think he knows he needs that. And uh, he knows that that's best for our team, which is, you know, we have those types of conversations with our players and kind of with the plan. And we try to be transparent and tell them exactly what we're thinking. And, um, you know, Zion's a smart dude. He gets it. So he, he, he knows that that's what he needs and what our team needs. What what is the schedule layout for you guys now that you've broken fall camp? Uh, it's it's not game week yet, so what is what is the day to day like this week? And um, and I, I do this often. Sorry, coach. The follow up question I'll just ask now: how how much different is maybe your game week schedule like compared to the past couple of years when when you weren't the head coach? Um, yeah, so right now we're actually transitioning to a mock game week schedule. It's kind of the way we're trying to do it. Um, you know, you always try to, you know, football is kind of funny. You know, we try to control it that way, right? Like you, you have scrimmages to mock a game, right? I mean, we have script scrimmages to mock different situations that could happen in a game. You know, you practice the pregame routine. You practice all these things. You know, we try to control it in a way that, you know, our kids are prepared for everything. So for us, having a week of school, you know, it used to be fall camp would take you almost all the way up to the first game. Um, and so you were in fall camp mode all the way up, which there's some positives to it for sure. But, you know, for us, this allows us to kind of emulate a game week um, in that schedule. So today will be our first day of a, of a normal game week schedule with two o'clock, you know, special teams meetings and moving from there. Um, you know, the reality of it, Scott, is that, I think one of the big reasons that we've had the success we had was because of Coach Napier's organization when he was here. Um, so a lot of these things, like the weekly schedule, um, when we meet on different game plan areas, when do we do this, when we do that, um, you know, when do we have time for recruiting, when do we have time for, you know, offense, you know, offensive film review. We're, we're keeping those things the same. Um, you know, I felt like that was one of the things that, I felt like he was a master um, at organizing and managing time. Um, you know, you hear horror stories about the people that they work till two o'clock in the morning, you know, three, four nights a week. Well, I just believe that a lot of that probably has to do with poor time management. Um, and I think that's one thing, you know, when coach Napier came, he was like, we're not doing that here. You know, Monday through Tuesday, uh, Sunday through Tuesday night, it'll be late. We'll be up here late. But Wednesday, Thursday, you know, I want you to go home, see your families in the afternoons. And, um, you know, that, that really it meant a lot to me, I know, as an assistant. And so, you know, it just kind of showed me if you just manage your time and you do it wisely, you can, you can get all the work done um, on the front end of the week and still be able to, to, you know, have a life, you know, with your family um, on the back end. So that schedule is going to pretty much stay the same. Um, I think it's something that obviously worked really well for us. And, uh, you know, our staff is comfortable and familiar with, which that's part of it too. 
Coach Michael Desimo has been our guest. We'll be visiting with him uh, this season, Monday mornings. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's right around the corner. Last question, Coach. Not not a football question, but you were referencing the importance of organizing a schedule and, and making sure that you still have time to spend with your family. Um, it, it's good yeah. for mental health. It's good for family life. And if family life is good, you probably do your job better. Your, your family you've described as um, ultra-competitive. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you said that to me one time mm-hmm. about your wife, Lindsay. I know you have two children, Thomas and Elle. So if, if the Desimos are like playing, you know, on a rainy day, like today, playing a game of Uno or Monopoly or something, I mean, who's, who's the most competitive individual in the group? Ooh, um, I mean, probably Lindsay, to be quite honest with you. Um, especially if it's like a real deal, like me and her. She's, you know, yeah, it's, it's probably her, you know, with the kids, you know, she'll let the kids win sometimes, but yeah, if it, if it starts to be like a real competition, yeah, it, it's probably her more than anything. Um, you know, the little ones don't like to lose either. Um, you know, I've had L ask us why we didn't win by more after some games. Um, so, you know, it's, we, we keep it, we keep it real in our house. So, you know, we're, uh, I think the competitive spirit, I think is healthy though. I think it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, it kind of drives you and motivates you. So it's something that I love to see in them. You know, obviously you always try to manage it. Um, and their mom sometimes isn't the best example. She, uh, she, she likes to win more than everybody else. So, you know, sometimes she gets a little, she acts, she acts out a little bit whenever she doesn't win either. So she'll well, probably be mad at me when she hears about this. But, but I mean, whenever you're, so you're, it's your wife, right? If you're playing this game of, whatever monopoly whatever the game is um you're competitive like you want to win but as part of you worried like man if i win i you know i don't i don't want it to lead to some you know brief friction you know five (laughs) ten minutes whatever and then in the other part of you like she probably can tell if you're not going all out so you know but you love to compete so i you know i didn't i didn't mean to throw such a hardball question there but i don't want to get you in trouble coach but Oh, I, I, you know, whatever you guys are, are are having game night, I imagine it can get a little get a little intense there. Yeah, no, it, I mean, look, she's she's been she was an athlete, you know, growing up and everything. So she's played. I mean, she's like anybody. You win, you share. You lose, you share. I mean, it's not like she's a poor sport about it, but she does not like to lose. And no. uh, you know, that's a, uh, I think there's some value in that for sure. No doubt about it. Well, uh, all the best, Coach. Uh, enjoy the time with the family this week. And obviously, I know you're busy out at the facility. We always appreciate you taking the time. All the best, and uh, we'll catch up next week on Game Week. For sure. Thank you, Scott. You got it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach, Michael Desermo.